Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. This is Gary Neron welcoming you to the Lamp and Light broadcast, coming to you from the studios of Central Baptist Church in beautiful Ocala, Florida. Lamp and Light is a ministry, taking a book of the Bible verse by verse, teaching as it is to men as they are, without compromise or apology, speaking the truth in love, and our purpose is to give the lamp and light to all. Now, here is our teacher and pastor, Dr. Andy Bloom. Yesterday in our study of Hebrews chapter 10, we learned that we should come to God boldly, but not arrogantly. Please listen as we pick up at that point today. You know, when the apostle in this passage, writing the words of the Holy Spirit of God, said, boldness to enter the holiest, the, the Jews that this was addressed to knew that this was referring to the holy of holies, the, the holiest of all, the most holy place. And so they knew the importance of this, even though they realized that he was referring not to the temple in Jerusalem, but to the most holy place in heaven, at that mercy seat. And so because this place is holy, we don't enter it with arrogance. Boldness and arrogance are not the same thing. Now, whether it's a child or an old man, arrogance is not cute. It is depraved. It is not these preachers who sometimes will pray in public or on their television program, and they'll say something like this, God, you got to do it because you said this in your word, and I'm holding you to it, as if they're directing God. And they speak to him in arrogant tones. It, it almost sounds like an, I got you on this one, God. Now, you're going to do this as if they're in a position of authority or equality even with God. The idea here of boldness is actually speaking of frankness in speech. It's a freedom to come to him, but it should always, always, always be respectful. We should also know we can come to him. Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah, think about it. Now, people in the Old Testament prayed, but they didn't get to go to the most holy place, only the high priest once a year. But daily, our prayers come before the most holy place in heaven through our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I can go there each and every day. And so we pour out our hearts to him. Now, if you can't pour out your heart to God, then who can you pour it out to? And why would you pay a dollars $200 an hour to a psychiatrist who most of the time doesn't know the truth of God? And, and, cannot do anything in your heart that God can do. So therefore, trust in him. Just rely on the counsel of his word and pour out your heart before God. You can talk to him. 
Now, the holiest in this verse, verse 19, refers to the most holy place of heaven, not that of the Old Testament tabernacle. We can come to him with confidence as we come to him in a frank, respectful way. Now, the Old Testament, as we said just a moment ago, only the high priest and only once a year could he enter the holiest place for us. But Jesus entered the holiest of heaven by his blood and therefore opened it up for us to enter by prayer into that place, yes, even on a daily basis. Hallelujah. What a Savior. And this takes us back to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, when you look at that, you say, well, what does that have to do with this passage about entering into the holiest of all? Well, this Hebrews 6, 19 and 20, using the term such as a anchor of the soul, that's speaking of nautical terms, as well as forerunner. Now, in the Greek harbors of that day, they were normally too shallow for ships. So they would drop little boats in the sea, which would take the anchors into the harbor. Those boats were called forerunners. A sailor could go back and forth from the ship via the forerunner each and every day. Well, my friend, this ship of life is anchored for me in heaven's harbor, in the most holy place. Jesus Christ is my forerunner. I, in his name, can go into that harbor in prayer inside the veil through the forerunner, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can enter in any time and as often as I want. However, he has the conditions for me riding on that forerunner. You say conditions for prayer? Oh, yeah. For example, in Psalm 66, verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, that's pretty plain. If I'm going to just walk in sin. I'm going to regard iniquity. I, I don't want to give it up. Don't expect to have answered prayer. In First John 1, verse 7, verse 9, But if we walk in the light, As he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That is, if you're walking in the light as Jesus is in the light, speaking of purity and holiness, his word, his doctrine, then you have fellowship with one another, with others who walk in that light. And, is added, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We find that the blood of Jesus Christ is the cleansing agent for our souls. Verse 9 of 1 John 1 says, If we confess our sins, if is a conditional word, 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, my friend, I have access into the holy place through the blood of Jesus Christ. But I must confess my sin. I can't regard iniquity in my heart if I expect for him to allow me in and to be able to speak boldly. That is, frankly. But that is all for naught if, as a Christian, I'm unrepentant and I'm harboring those things in my heart and life. And that takes us to verse 20. Verse 20 gives the reason for the optimism in verse 19. Let's read verse 20 here of Hebrews chapter 10. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Now, since I cannot improve upon it, let me share with you J. Vernon McGee's commentary on this verse. McGee states, Through the veil is to say, through his flesh. The word became flesh, John 1.14. John did not say it was a new and living way open to God because of the incarnation. The life of Christ saves no one. Now let me insert my comments. The life of Christ was necessary to be lived in order to be our sacrifice. And the way he lived is an example for us. But his perfect life does not save us. We enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Not the earthly life of Jesus Christ. Our entrance, as we're continuing here with McGee, is not through his incarnation, rather it's through the rending of the veil, his flesh through death. Now let me add, the word new is from the Greek word prosphetos, meaning newly slain. It speaks of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ has opened for you and me a new and living way to God through his crucifixion, yea, through his death on the cross. The new and living way, which is newly consecrated for us, has the idea of a new way is made now for you. Instead of once a year via a fallible high priest, now we can go daily through the great High priest, with never a chance, this priest will fail us because he is not fallible. And so what a great improvement over that old system. Now, one note here on the veil and his flesh. The veil of the temple was quite thick. It is said by the Jewish Talmud of that time that the veil... The temple was 60 feet long 
and 30 feet wide. So you think of 60 feet long. That's 10 six-foot men on top of each other. It's estimated that the thickness was as thick as a man's hand. It would take many men to handle it. Jesus Christ died at the time of the evening sacrifice, which would have been right around 3 o'clock p.m. The priest that were in there at that time to burn incense, which was symbolic of prayer, they were right there when God ripped the veil from top to bottom. Isn't that interesting? God ripped it from top to bottom. Now, in an earthquake, you'd think it would rip from bottom to top. But God was ripping it, and it was from top to bottom. And my friend, those priests that that offered the incense offering, they weren't the high priests, but boy, all of a sudden, they were seeing all this stuff that had previously been forbidden to them. This is your radio pastor, Pastor Andy Bloom, saying, May the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway today. We want to thank you for listening to the Lamp and Light broadcast. If you would like a CD copy of today's message by Dr. Bloom, send us your name, mailing address, and include the radio station by which you are listening and the date of the broadcast. We would appreciate a gift of $5 to Lamp and Light broadcast, 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34471. You may also visit us on the website and freely download the sermons by clicking on the sermon library. That website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. Again, the address for the Lamp and Light broadcast is 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, O-C-A-L-A, Florida, 34471. And again, our website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. This is your announcer, Gary Neron, saying, May God's peace be with all that are in Christ Jesus. Stand so the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible stand.